tonight, Lindsay Shepard joins us to discuss peak fertility age and changing childbearing trends among women. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Hey, Lindsay, thank you so much for taking the time and coming to speak with us. Now, I think most people first became familiar with you when you released that recording of your meeting with your professor where he was very, very critical of the fact that you simply shared a clip featuring Dr. Jordan Peterson in your discussion group, which you were leading as a TA. And I think you know, a lot of people, myself included, when we saw that, just couldn't believe how dissenting or even just opposing viewpoints were being treated in what's supposed to be an academic setting. But uh, since then, you've continued to be active. You're a speaker now. You have your own YouTube channel. And actually, the reason why I wanted to speak with you today is because you recently released a video about peak fertility age. And now that's something that if anyone follows my videos or my social media, they know that I'm very interested in uh, both you know, as a public social issue as well as a, a personal issue. But for anyone who maybe hasn't seen the video yet, would you mind describing how things have sort of changed in the past, you know, 50 or so past decades? Um, regarding peak fertility years and the number of children people are having when they're having them? Yeah, so I first uh, became interested in this because I'm 23 years old, I'm almost 24, and that's uh, the case with a lot of my friends. And I was, I was looking at some statistics, and 24 used to be an age where a lot of women would have their, their first child, but now, as of 2011 in Canada, the average age is 28.5. And not only that, but there's fewer children being born in general. And I know you mentioned in your video, and this is something that really resonated me resonated with me a lot as well, is that when, when I talk to my friends, a lot of them say that they don't want children. And now you mentioned this as well, and I can't be clear enough about this. Even though I may want children, the... I would never ever want to shame someone who doesn't or judge them or try to dictate what they should and shouldn't do with their family life. So not my intention, but I think it is pretty interesting to note that is a very different mentality than uh, people our age may have had, like you mentioned, even just like 20, 30 years ago. So as someone who has a lot of friends who are female and who might feel like that, what do you think is sort of one of the driving factors for the, the change in the mentality regarding children? Um. Well, when I think about my friends who are all at peak fertility age right now, we are all um, young, educated, urban, Canadian-born women. And when I speak about this particular group of friends, we also have more than a four-year bachelor degree. And so some of it could be economic. You know, we have student loans to pay off. We want to work for a bit before spending money on a child, etc. But also I think there there is something to be said about being fulfilled without having children, because I, I think you can be. I think a lot of women can be fulfilled without having children. And something else that I thought of when I was watching your video is there was this recent controversy, not really controversy, but with Carrie Underwood. Um, she mentioned that she had always wanted a large family, but that because she was in her 30s, it probably wasn't going to happen. And I knew that even though she was just 
speaking about herself, her own personal experiences and her challenges with children. A lot of people who took that very personally to say that, oh, if you're if you're in your 30s, it, it's too late for you, which is completely not what she was saying, but it kind of did bring up a point that I think we don't talk about very much that, and you mentioned in your video, um, you know, really pregnancies after 35, it's not that it, it won't happen, but they're, when you get older, it, it does start of, you're introduced to some potentials for complications that may not have arisen had you been pregnant younger. And what I've noticed talking to even just my friends is that I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. I mean, not that they think you can have children into your 80s and 90s, but I think a lot of people um, aren't very educated, perhaps, uh, about the fertility cycles that, that, that women have, and I guess the, the prime years where it is the pregnancies are the most viable. Um, do you think that perhaps if some of our, our peers who are our age were a little bit more, um, I guess, informed about things like that, that that would perhaps sway their decisions of when they do or don't want children? Well, I think there's this idea that technology can solve everything and that kind of permeates every aspect of our lives and also fertility. Um, I think right. a lot of women maybe just see IVF in, in their future or maybe they're considering doing things like freezing their eggs. Um, I watched this show called 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days, and there's this 30-year-old man who's dating a 52-year-old woman, and, you know, they're, they're talking about having children and how, um, you know, per perhaps with technology they can have children. But, I mean, a 52-year-old woman, it's it's kind of shocking to hear that, I suppose. Right, and, I mean, when you think about it, it's almost, a you know, assuming that you may have had your first period of around 13 that's almost you know four full decades since you you began menstruating um which is i mean yeah that that's definitely going to pose some challenges if you're still trying to get pregnant and also i recently found out that i have something called a septate uterus which only one percent of women have and so this means instead of having a whole uterus i have a line in between um, you know, like kind of a, a membrane wall. And this means, unfortunately, that um, I will have to likely deal with more complications. So, mm -hmm. and, and one of those complications involves miscarriage. So the rate, it, it seems to vary from 25 to even up to 90%. Um, and this is not only in the first trimester, but also the second trimester. And so I'm actually happy that I found that out at 23 years old because I actually have the time now mm -hmm. to see how many viable pregnancies I can have. Whereas if I found this out later at, at, in my 30s, um, you know, I'd probably have to get some sort of surgery right away or something like that. Something else that I thought was really interesting in your video was how you talked about your conversations with your own mother and the idea that women can have it all. Now, uh, my mom is someone who I admire a lot. She's actually managed to have a very fulfilling career, as well as having two children, myself and my brother. But uh, that, that was very challenging for her, and I think it wouldn't have been possible without my father stepping up. He was a stay-at-home dad for a while, and you know, I, I know that that's just not the the situations that a lot of women find themselves in with that amount of flexibility. And you talk about the idea that maybe we can't have it all. And I think as as young women who have you've definitely invested a lot in your in your education so far so far to have a meaningful career. Uh, I think that can be a little bit of a hard pill to swallow for, for some of us. So would you mind, I guess, sharing your insights about that a little bit more? What um, what I was speaking to was this idea that you can 
go to work all day and and also come home and be just as good as a parent as someone as a stay-at-home parent as someone who is with their child all day and you know maybe even just a year ago I would have thought this is totally fine mm-hmm. and and the woman should work and it's it's empowering for her to work and the, the kid can go to daycare and that's fine but my views on that are changing I think it is important to be at home but I think again it comes down to economics is it viable uh, for one parent to stay at home and that's kind of a difficult question mm-hmm. especially I mean if you're living in an urban area the amount that rent and just living expenses cost I know I, I think about this all all the time as much as I would love to be a stay-at-home mom when you just look at the reality of things like bills and if you want to send your kids to private school trying to do all of that on one income nowadays is just it's going to be challenging for for any young couples I think yeah I mean being a stay-at-home mom and and keeping a home going, it's, it's definitely work in the traditional sense of <laughs> work, sure. right? Um, and it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic that one of my friends put it this way, is that your, your husband or your male partner is, if you're a stay-at-home mom, he's literally paying you to, to upkeep the home, which is kind of an interesting way to think of it. Um, but as for, for education, yes, it is something difficult to deal with, but you know, for yourself, for example, I mean, you're on YouTube and you can probably continue to do so. And then also for myself, I can still continue to make videos, write articles and and do that kind of thing. So it is possible to be intellectually engaged um, and engaged with work while being a stay at home parent. And that's definitely a privilege. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. With things like technology and the internet, we are, I think we have a lot more opportunities that we're able to pursue, like you said, just from home than definitely our previous generations did. But thank you so much for coming and sharing your time with us. For people who want to keep up with your videos and what you're doing, where can they, where can they follow you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at New World Hominin. And then I'm also occasionally on YouTube just under my name, Lindsay Shepard. Okay, great. And thank you so much. And uh, I'm so glad that you managed to, I guess, come out on the other side of that, I guess, controversy with with your professors all the stronger. And I think we're lucky to have you as a commentary voice right now. Thank you. (laughs) 